Welcome to a new episode of What Exactly Am I Watching Here, a proud member of the Overthink Podcast Network. I'm your host for now, Jason Helms, and I'm joined by my good bud, Dominic Lang. Say hi, Dom. Hey, Jason. Good to be with you. Dom, I am not your foot. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Uh, Before we begin, a quick introduction to the show. What exactly am I watching here? Uh, Features non sequiturs like the one you just heard. Also, it's a podcast that features an expert and a novice watching one of the great shows of television history. For now, our show is the cult favorite, Twin Peaks. And today we're going to be talking about Twin Peaks The Return, Episode 9. Yeah. All right. So Bill Hastings wants to go scuba diving. Let's go deep. Don, where'd we leave off? So we just finished part eight, which is like the origin episode of Twin Peaks and Bob and everything. So that is, in a way, not the best, like where we left off. Where we left off previously, Doppelkoop was shot by Ray. Hawk has discovered some information regarding Laura Palmer and Cooper. Uh, Coop is slowly coming out of his Dougie shell. And Doppelkoop has been shot, but we're not sure in what condition he's in. So let's check in to see what condition his condition is in. Yeah. Uh, because I believe, <laughs> I believe that's where we start. I believe it is. Doppelkoop walking in out of the distance. Out of the distance, he grabs a red bandana, which, hey, you know. I thought that was uh, some kind of code, like, you know, oh, when the fifth post has a red bandana on it. And, yeah. Something like that. No, no, no. He just used it to wipe himself off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But the main thing is he's alive and walking. So even though the woodsman or the ashen people removed a bob ball from his gut, he seems to be in perfect working order for an evil doppelganger. That is. Yes. Yes. So we meet uh, Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee who just joined the cavalcade, your, your look, am uh, I right? No, I'm with you, yeah. No, yeah. it was very surprising. Yeah. Uh, they joined the cavalcade of stars who show up for a scene or two and then leave, uh, at least so far. I don't know if they'll come back, but they take a break from The Hateful Eight to show up in this movie, or this <laughs> I TV totally show. I totally that she's in The Hateful Eight, too. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Doppelkoop tells uh, Hutch, Tim Roth's character, to kill the warden. Yep. So uh, kind of a move to cover his tracks or just take care of loose ends, I imagine. Uh, Cole and the gang find out. I just stumbled upon that. I'm going to use that from now on. Cole and the gang. Cole and uh, the gang. <laughs> they find out that the, the major's body has been found in Buckhorn. I don't appreciate your language, sir. You, I don't oh, appreciate. Oh, what? a place. A place. It's a. <laughs> oh, it's a location. Oh, Buckhorn. A, a, a location. Yes, yes, Gordon. A location. So they reroute their plane to to Buckhorn, and Doppelkoop sends a text message, and the contents around the dinner table. Conversation is lively. We don't see immediately who the text is sent to, but a text is sent. So, yep. Yep. Cooper or Evil Coop is making plans. There's some some stuff going on with Ike the Spike, who is arrested by 
the Fusco Brothers. Now, this is simultaneously one of the most frustrating elements of this episode, as well as the most humorous element of the episode. Uh, three Fusco Brothers who are still... They have detained Dougie Jones, Agent Cooper trying to wake up. Turns out that there is no information on Dougie Jones prior to 1997. Mm, witness protection? Maybe. 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 Also, how's that taillight? Have you managed to... <laughs> it's a beauty. <laughs> Did you manage to get that refi- get that fixed? Must be some, some real good-looking taillight. Oh, a couple hundred <laughs> bucks. Man, oh, man. I will, oh, oh. laugh. Mm. So the Fosco brothers are sort of like Twin Peaks Three Stooges. Yes. Again, I mean, they're like, they're walking non-sequiturs, they feel like. But then again, this is Twin Peaks, so it's hard to tell what has a ton of significance and what has none, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I just kind of, you receive everything with an open heart, which... I would imagine is part of Lynch's hope that you just receive everything equally. That's right. Yeah. So well done, David. There, what was I? I got lost with all the Fusco brothers. Oh, okay. So a couple of big things toward the end or in the second half of the episode. Uh, Bobby Briggs, Frank Truman and Hawk visit Bobby's mom, Mrs. Briggs. Yes. Yes. And so last episode we had, this is the water. This is the well. And Mrs. Briggs just jumps right in and goes, this is the chair. This is the chair. So I can't wait for whatever noun we're going to identify next episode. But for now, we start with the chair. Uh, The major, though missing for 25 years, knew this meeting was going to happen, which is a little spooky, but also feels right in line with the major. Yep. And... Within the chair, there is a small tube, which Bobby recognizes. He knows how to open it. He opens the tube and finds information regarding a time and a place. And he knows the place because he and his dad used to go there. And Bobby himself gave it the name. Uh, So it's Jack Rabbit's place. And I believe it's two days from when they find the note. And the way that he opens it. I thought it was really cool, which mm. you slam it on the ground, it starts to ring, and then when it rings a certain pitch, you hear kind of a, a click noise, and as soon as you hear the click, you slam it on the ground again, and then it opens. Yeah, it's sort of like a tuning fork meets a pod slammer. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, and within the two, so aside from the time and place, there is the uh, a cutout transmission uh, that repeats, it has Cooper... Cooper and Hawk Hawk. It, it feels like he, he's just on the right trail because Hawk is the one who from their side is purporting the idea of two Coopers. Yeah. Even if he doesn't fully know what's going on, Hawk believes in like the multiple Cooper theory or the multiple Cooper idea. Yep. And let me give you something that I think I'm trying to remember if this is um, explained in a later episode. Okay. Um, what what did you sense about that that code with just Cooper Cooper in the middle of it? Well, it's I re, I saw that message that transmission. That's something that we saw in the original series. Yeah. Yep. So I'm not sure if because the major was you know recording and the major was following these transmissions. 
Yeah, so, or some kind of extraterrestrial transmission. Yeah, um, uh, which is uh, a reference to. Do you know the wow? Do you know the wow signal? The wow signal. No. Yeah. All right. So this is. I pulled it up just to check. Uh, 1977, uh, Ohio State University's Big Ear Radio Telescope uh, picked up a transmission. And um, usually it's, it's just kind of picking up. It's supposed to be looking for uh, extraterrestrial signals anyway. And it usually is getting kind of static. That looks like just a series of numbers uh, and more blanks than numbers. Just blank, 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 one, blank, 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 one, one, blank, 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 one, 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 blank, blank, one, blank, blank, two, blank, blank, one, 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 you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And in the middle of that, there's a series of blanks, and then six e q u j five blank blank blank. And the guy who saw it printed it out, uh, circled it, and wrote "Wow" next to it, which is why it's become known as the Wow signal. Um, <laughs> it, it's been used as one of the kind of strongest proponents that aliens are out there and they're trying to uh, reach us. Uh, that we picked up part of their signal that we could not identify and i believe it was at least somewhat debunked last year um oh so it, it held for you know 40 years yeah um before being at least uh we've, we've got some explanation for it that has to do with comets uh anyway clearly they did not know about that debunking and this is meant to be uh the the aliens the um that that connection between the the white lodge and aliens uh yeah that we we sometimes forget about i think yeah big wow okay there you go yeah, because I feel like uh, the aliens and the alternate dimensions I'd somehow had as like two separate ideas. Yeah. So that's that's why I put like the aliens aside. Like I because you see travel back and forth, maybe not back and forth, but you see travel between dimensions, but not so much aliens. Right. So uh, the secret history of Twin Peaks picks up a lot on alien stuff. Oh. And it has various people who are involved uh, in Twin Peaks lore uh, there at Roswell. Um, it has just documentation of UFO sightings around the Twin Peaks area. Hmm. Most of them either uh, based on real life events or actual real life events that happened uh, in Washington. Um, and so it, it's really leaning pretty hard into the UFO stuff. And remember that that was one of the things that Garland Briggs was doing yeah. in his secret role was listening for uh, aliens. Um, okay. And his experience, you remember he goes camping with Coop at one point, he goes fishing with him. Yeah. And he disappears. Uh, and he's basically abducted by aliens, is what it seems like. And then when he comes back, he, he gives us a story of what appears to be the White Lodge. Yeah. So there, there is a connection there. It's good to have that come back because, yeah, quite frankly, I had forgotten the alien connection. So I'm glad to, glad to see that and be reminded. For me, connected to... The major is Bill Hastings. Yes. Matthew Lillard coming back. Uh, coming back strong. Coming back very scared, very frightened. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, Bill Hastings, in addition to being a principal and an adulterer and a possible murderer, is a blogger. Yeah. You know? And what would Bill Hastings blog about but alternate dimensions? Of course. You know? Because evidently North Dakota is in the early 2000s. Yeah, because that's what you do. But Agent Preston goes to interview Bill Hastings. And Bill Hastings apparently has been talking about the major in his blogs. And he correctly IDs the major uh, 
he makes a claim that he traveled to somewhere and met the major who is hibernating and asked Bill for coordinates. And then the major levitates and says, Cooper, Cooper. Mm. So, you know, just your standard interdimensional travel, floating majors, Cooper, Cooper. And let's talk while we hear about the medical examiner. Oh, Constance. Constance. Yeah. Meets up with Albert. Yeah. 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 So there's some, some heat there. A little spark. A little spark, perhaps. Pretty thrilling. Uh, mm-hmm. Thrilling stuff. Something about marbles and a cat's eye and, and then just true love. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I think that's how it happens. Okay, so perhaps the most upsetting part of the episode for me is that we find out who receives the text message. And come on, Diane. Come on. Like, so that makes me wonder if, is it like a blackmail thing? Like similar to the warden? Is it where she's like straight up in collusion with Doppelkoop? Was the whole thing in the prison, like trying to throw Gordon off scent? So that I don't know. I hope that Diane is playing a long con on Doppelkoop, though I doubt it. But I'm hoping. That's what I hope. And we uh, we end back at the roadhouse, obviously, because that's what we're doing most times this season. With one of my favorite songs, actually. Uh, a Violent Yet Flammable World by mm. Au Revoir Simone. And uh, yeah, a very haunting tune, which yeah. makes sense. And there's a conversation about jobs and a rash. <laughs> earlier at the roadhouse and then a very beautiful haunting song. And that's yes. how we end. My wife, Megan was very disappointed with that conversation. Cause she's like, are we ever like, do these people matter? Are we ever going to see anything again? Like, will we do, do we yeah. care about this at all? Um, so I, I don't know if you were feeling the same way. Oh no, I'm feeling the exact same way. Uh, because while I'm loving the songs, there are several conversations that take place in the roadhouse that just seem like an absolute waste of time. Like there are non sequiturs and then they're just like, we're just doing nothing. So that's, that's upsetting. And frankly, coming off of part eight and I I understand part eight was so different and so much out of what we've been seeing so far. Uh, But this one, I don't know. I just, I felt like, Maybe I expected there to be more momentum. Um, maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Eight is so good, but it's in a sense it'd be tough. It'd be tough to follow. Um, yeah, if you've got yeah. episode eight, where do you put it? I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah, uh, it's about the halfway point. And by the way, we are now at the halfway point of the season. We finished the first half. Yeah, um, it uh, it made me re it. Made me think because I think we made a, a wager on when I thought Cooper would wake up slash make it to Twin Peaks. Yeah, how's how are you feeling? I'm a little nervous. Yeah, because I think I said 13. I think that's right. Okay, so I'm not. I, right. I mean, I can't change it. That's fine. Uh, but I'm a little nervous because we're nine. We're nine of 18, and he while making some progress still feels like he's a long way off. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's not there yet. Um, but we'll uh, we'll pick up with him in the the next episode. I'm excited for you to see that. All right. Just as as long as we're in uh, Au Revoir Simone world, uh, mm. I wanted to to pick up on some of those uh, lyrics. I don't want to lose myself. It's a whisper. It's a funny thing. We fold like icicles on paper shelves. It's a pity to appear this way, um, which you're right. Mm. Just absolutely haunting. And uh, one more reminder for as meaningless as these things are, that's, uh, that's how we met Richard Horn. And we may have forgotten mm. by now that James Hurley appeared in one of these. Yeah. A long and time ago. Hasn't appeared since, by the way. Has not. Yeah. Um, and he appeared with a guy who was wearing, I think, a green rubber glove on his hand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Looked like a dishwashing glove. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe this rash means a lot. Maybe we need to really reconsider it. Uh, but I've yeah. got no clues to give you there. Dang it. Anything else we need to add? Um, we've got, uh, you mentioned Diane working yeah. with Doppelkoop. Um, a lot going on. Yeah, the the lyrics from Orvar Simone make me think of when Coop is waiting in waiting in the police station because mm-hmm. uh, he he looks at a flag, the American flag, looks at a woman's shoes, and then he looks at an electrical outlet. And mm-hmm. there was a bit of me that wanted Mike to reappear, wanted something to happen mm-hmm. with that outlet, and then nothing did. And I think that was part of my building frustration. Yeah, you had all the ingredients. Right. I thought it was going to trigger something. I thought he was yeah. going to have another like awakening. But no. Oh, just tempted. Yep. Uh, all right. Do you want to uh, recap just the, the first half of the season? How are you feeling? What are you, what are you thinking uh, mm. for this half? Do you, are you worried about the second half? Are you excited about the second half? I'm excited about the second half because it does feel like even if in slow timing, things are coming together. I'm excited in the sense that, you know, you have Hawk, Truman, Bobby starting to put pieces together. You have Coop starting to wake up. You have evil Coop on the loose. You have Cole and the gang working on their end. So I do feel like there are a lot of forces at play. I'm nervous. I'm nervous in the sense, just like, I don't know how it's, how it's all going to come together. Yeah. Uh, I just like, I, I miss special agent Dale Cooper. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's just me being honest. Like, I just, I want oh, him, yeah. I want him to wake up. I think that that's, that's what Lynch is trying to do. That's, that is the emotion that he is trying to build, mm. which is weird when people have spent 25 years missing Dale Cooper. For him not to deliver him right away, and then to at least have half the season without us getting Dale Cooper. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, but I think that's intentional, to really prod at us mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, because I, I was reading a review of you know some the, the episode, and the reviewer mentioned how some folks were really upset so far from the return. Just like, this... This is David Lynch, who made the you know the original run of Twin Peaks, but also made Inland Empire, made yeah. Eraserhead, made all this stuff that is very hard to latch onto and get into. And so, like when you open yourself to David Lynch, you don't know what you're going to get. You can't predict, nor can you kind of like 
put it into a corner, put it into a box. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, we'll resist uh, the predictions for the second half then and, and resist even uh, rating the first half. Uh, but I'm excited to return with you uh, to episode 10. Me too. So thanks again for joining us on What Exactly Am I Watching Here? For next time, we're going to be working through the return, part 10. Uh, you can get a hold of us on Twitter, where our handle is at OverthinkPod. Find more at OverthinkPod.com. I'm on Twitter as at Helm Street. And Dom, what's your handle? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter as well, uh, at Dominic underscore Lang, and on Instagram, uh, Dominic Lang. Until next time, there's no smoking in here, ma'am. And I don't appreciate your language. (laughs) Catch you later. (laughs) See ya.